Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue, and today we're on the air with a very talented group of women, nominated by the Women's Advisory Group STEM Educational Outreach Team to discuss the importance of women in science, technology, engineering, and math. With us today is Ms. Marilyn Cullivan, the Fuel and Fuel Systems Branch Head for Propulsion and Power at Pax River. Ms. Sarah Neva, Branch Head for Rotary Wing Expeditionary Mission Systems Test and Evaluation at Pax River. And Ms. Loretta Kessler, a Supervisory Engineer and In-Service Engineering Unmanned Aerial Vehicle Branch Head at Cherry Point. Thank you ladies all for joining us. So there's a growing push right now to encourage women to pursue a career in a STEM-related field, but that hasn't always been the case. Despite that, you have all been very successful. So Marilyn, with what I understand to be 40 years. 40 years, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's start with your career. What drove you to pursue a career in a STEM-related field? And that, uh, Thank you. It's a very interesting question because I was in high school from 1969 to 1973. And back then, uh, women were being encouraged to be school teachers, librarians, and nurses. And I, my favorite classes were mathematics, and I went to an all-girl Catholic high school, but at the all-male Catholic high school, the math teacher would kind of mentor me. And I, I said, well, what can I do with mathematics? Because I don't want to be a school teacher. I knew that. And he said, well, you need to go into engineering. And when I first graduated, I uh, took a job with Pratt & Whitney down in West Palm Beach, and I was able to spend eight months at Edwards Air Force Base flight testing, which was very exciting in 81 and 82. I went to work for the Navy almost 22 years ago in Jacksonville, Florida, and I was with the F-14 FST, which was exciting, and you know, did a lot of work with the squadrons at Oceana, and uh, did a lot of work with at the old PMA-241, and with that, you know, I built up a good rapport with Pat, uh, Pat River and Navier. So I reached out, got a job up here. I did that. I was in actually a systems engineer in 4-3, and then I had an opportunity to go to 4-4, propulsion and power. And I started as a system integrator, but uh, they asked me to be the systems engineer for E2C and C2A. The E2D systems engineer position came open, and it was a high grade. And I, would, I, had, oh, and I had taken an opportunity to get into Naval Postgraduate School, and I was working on a systems engineering master's. And it was interesting, that particular quarter, I was taking the systems engineering course and marketing management. So I marketed myself in the interview, and boy, I nailed it. It was just kind of like, and, you know, got the promotion. So, but that, that, so that's how my career has unfolded over these last 40 years. And Loretta, so your 30 years, explain to us about your career and tell us what, what brought you here. I was uh, in, asked to attend a meeting at my high school and by my guidance counselor. And she told me to sit in and listen, this is a program for you. I didn't know what the program was about, but it turned out it was the PAX-10 plan. It was a scholarship sponsorship hosted by Patuxent River, actually the Naval Air Test Center at that time. I listened to the presentations and it just sounded so interesting, being able to work on aircraft and help the fleet. So I applied for it and I was fortunate I got the position. And I went to NC State and became an electronics engineer while co-oping at Pax River. And when I graduated, I ended up transferring to Cherry Point to marry my husband. And I worked for the AVAB avionics team for a number of years in the uh, 
4-5 department. Then I became an 88 ATE, automatic test equipment, uh, team leader. Then I went to uh, become an H3 fleet support team leader, and I became a division director in the 4-1 department, working with system engineering. And I have also have experience as a V-22 systems engineer, and from there I became a supervisor, working with entry-level ESDP engineers, and now I'm back to my original department, 4-5 avionics, as a supervisor. And so wrapping us up in the career department, Sarah, our youngest member, quote unquote, for this podcast was 16 years. Give us the background to your story. Sure. Uh, so much like you ladies, I, I also started out young. Um, my mom used to joke that I used to play with my brother's G.I. Joes more than I would play with Barbie dolls. <laughs> so that kind of always inspired me to, to look to military um, applications and uh, you know technology. And throughout uh, middle school and high school, I, I did a lot of math and science classes, which I always loved and was always fascinated by new technology coming out. Um, so then when it came time uh, my sophomore year in high school, I ended up going to a magnet school in the area for science and technology, which was an awesome opportunity. Uh, and then, of course, that, that sent me on path to uh, engineering in college, where I found electrical engineering to be my... Uh, my choice of field. And um, after that, continuing on the GI Jane type of <laughs> trend, I went, to, uh, I went to ROTC and was commissioned as an officer in the United States Air Force. So once I was commissioned, I, I got assigned to a test and evaluation squadron out at Holloman Air Force Base in New Mexico where I did navigation, test and evaluation for about four years. I got out, I stayed on working at another squadron within the test group there for about two years doing radar cross-section testing as a contractor. And then um, since my husband had followed me out to New Mexico, I followed him uh, and came out here to PAX as a flight test engineer and then uh, worked on several different projects for about, let's see, five years. Uh, I went to test pilot school while well, during that time, which was an exciting uh, part of my career for sure. Um, and then after test pilot school, not long after, I went on to become the mission systems lead for the CH-53K integrated test team. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from there, I went to the branch head position that I'm in currently for rotary wing expeditionary systems. Really cool, very diverse career. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with you on this next one then. Okay. Whether it be in your military career or, or in your career at Navair, was there something that you wish you had known when you first started your career, wish somebody had told you? Yeah, there definitely was. So uh, I know we hear about it all the time where they say work-life balance is so important, uh, but you don't, when you're young and you know, you're active duty and all you can think about is the mission and getting that done, it's really hard to recognize that and you, and you take it for granted. So um, I really wish someone had told me that a long time ago. <laughs> uh, and, and sometimes you have relationships that suffer because of it, but uh, the people that stick with you through that, you know that they're really, they're really there for you. So um, it, was, it was lessons hard learned, but I think uh, for, the, for the better. And Loretta, what can you tell me? Was there something you wish you had known when you first started your career or wish someone had told you? It's okay to say, I don't know, and then follow up on it. 
on the question. Find the answers and then give that person the feedback on the answers that you found. Asking lots of questions, don't assume that you'll figure it out later. This could slow you down or you can end up on the wrong track and end up struggling alone. That's very good advice. Marilyn, anything to add? Well, and actually, along Loretta's line, but it has to do with when I first started, I was, I was the only female for so long. And I really did feel intimidated. You didn't have that mentorship that you get from fellow females, but you know, and you were scared to say, I don't know the answer, or you know, I need to learn this. You know, until more female engineers came along and you had somebody, you know, that you can relate to because that's your peer. I wish I knew to be able to speak up more back then. So switching topics a bit, we've all heard the saying, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. As you've all progressed through your careers, do you have a favorite failure? And Loretta, we'll start with you on this one. What did you learn from it? I do. I was tasked with finding a solution to the generators falling offline often. And I determined that the oil was not getting to the generators, the fleet was not properly servicing them. So I developed a procedure, had an almost had it installed in manuals, and I went out to the fleet to find out how it was doing. Some squadrons were doing better than others. What I found out is that I wrote the instructions, but I didn't take and I wasn't specific at telling them where to service the generator. Some squadrons were servicing the generator in the shops on the tabletop, while others had serviced the generator while on the aircraft. And it made a difference, the location, because the angle that it was installed on the engine made the oil level different. Luckily, it wasn't a catastrophic failure, but it taught me a lot to make sure that you understand how and where items will be used. Sarah, anything from you? So mine goes back a little bit further than that. <laughs> mine was from when I was very young, when I was maybe about eight years old. And I had a lot of brothers and sisters, and we would go to the beach all the time during the summer. And and we would make sandcastles on the beach. And, and I thought I was the leader of the, our little team, right? We would go out there all ready to go with our buckets and pails. And, and I'd be like, yeah, you make that sandcastle over there. And you build this wall to keep the water away. But one day, the team just totally didn't want to do that. They, they wanted to go off and play in the ocean and do fun things kids do. And I was really disappointed in myself, my eight-year-old self. <laughs> and, Funny enough, it taught me a really good lesson that I've carried out through my entire career, which is um, leadership is earned. It's not, it's not just telling people what to do and, and doing, you know, making them do it. It's so much more than that. And you have to earn people's trust and you have to earn their respect uh, to get them to follow you and, and to work with you and, and get the most out of them. Good story and good lesson. Now, Marilyn, I know you have something to draw from. Throughout my career, I cannot think of a fa favorite failure, but what got me was when I first uh, got my high grade promotion, is, and I was nervous because it was E2D development, and we were you know, going into development flight test, and there was just so much going on, and you know, you're, you're scared to fail, but the support I received from my supervisor at the time in 404, plus the chief engineer and the PMA and the, uh, and the program manager, and she was a woman, which um, she's been a major influence on me, um, that they were there to support you, to ensure you didn't fail. And that 
really made a big impact on me is that there were people out there who want you to do well. And I didn't always feel that going through my career. So Marilyn, a, a bit ago you mentioned mentorship. Mm -hmm. What role has mentorship played in your career success? Well, in private industry, there wasn't a lot of mentoring, and it, it wasn't known as mentoring. And I remember when I went to work uh, as a contractor at the Space Center, there was a woman that was working there, and she was probably, at the time, maybe five to ten years older than me. And I asked her if we could talk sometime, and I have to say, now, she did disappoint me. She said, no, I did it on my own, and you have to, too, which is, Oh, talk about a slap in the face, yes. But here at the Navy, uh, both male and female mentors, they were always there. They took the time. And it didn't matter, you know, what you wanted to discuss or, you know, if an issue was going on, if you wanted their thoughts on, you know, how should you work this process. And it's very important. And I encourage, I, I mentor somebody right now who is not an engineer. She's in the cost department, but she specifically asked for me and uh, which really flattered me when she did that. And then naturally, I, uh, as a supervisor, you're mentoring every day. So it's just kind of, I know you know that, Loretta knows that, we do it daily. So it's just very important. And so Loretta, what role has mentorship played in your career success? It was imperative. I started out in my career at Cherry Point when the leader engineer was uh, very instrumental in helping me get oriented to understand what my job responsibilities were, introducing me to the shops, taking me everywhere, helping to understand what the processes and procedures were. But then, short time later, he left. However, he continued to pour knowledge into me to make sure that I understood what opportunities there were at Navier, as well as sharing some of his successes and failures with me so that I could avoid some of those pitfalls. One of the things that he did, I had just given birth to my son, and about two days after that, I had returned home, and my mom was there to help me. He called my house, encouraging me to apply for a job. I had been in the same job for over 10 years. I was very comfortable, had no intention of leaving. He uh, threatened me to come take the baby, give it to my mom, and he, or he was going to babysit while I sat down and did my resume and submit it, because he said, you do this job for pretty much anyway to interface with this team, you would be a great asset to that team. So I sat down, filled out my resume, and turned it in, and luckily I got the job. And it was a great, great beginning to get me out of my box, get me out of that rut that I was in. So I really thank Coolidge Hamlet for doing that for me. I think if somebody's willing to babysit, then they really, you know, they're really there to support you. I think that. <laughs> All right, so Sarah, kind of over to you. Wrap us up with the mentorship. What has it played in your career success? Uh, sure. It's been a big part of my my career for sure, even since my Air Force days, uh, and even more so now in Navair. But it, it wasn't really like like you were saying. It wasn't really a thing a long time ago. You just had people that you worked with every day, and certain ones would take you under their wing and and help you out and. Uh, show you the ropes, if, yeah. if that's what you want to call it. But I, I find that some of the most unexpected mentors are probably the best ones. Like, maybe not so much a mentor mentoring you, but maybe one of your mentees, like one of the people you would consider that, that works for you can, can teach you so much if you just sit down and talk to them and, and really change your mind about a particular situation or a conflict that's going on in the office or, or whatever. So I find it's those 
other relationships with your mentees sometimes that are even more rewarding. Speaking of mentees, Loretta, what advice have you gone to a mentor for? I have asked about different training opportunities. Uh, if I was facing a big decision on an approach, how would they, how they tackle that in the past? as well as networking, introducing me to new people to help solve my problem. Sometimes we stay in the same technical area, but you need a resource outside of that, making sure that you know there are other people who can help you solve your problem. Resume reviews, understanding what are the different developmental programs that would help you advance your career, and just a general sounding board has been uh, very valuable to me. That's good advice, to look for a mentor outside of your technical area. Sarah, earlier you spoke about the importance of mentorship and how you as the mentor have benefited from that relationship. Is there anything else you would like to add or, or maybe let's talk about what you've learned from those mentees? I've learned a, a lot really. And, and like I said, I find those relationships very, very rewarding. Sometimes when we're sitting in our offices, you know, we don't see what's happening on a daily basis out on the floor, out on the aircraft. So I find that going to those mentees and, and asking them their opinions, not only does it make them feel a little bit better about themselves and it helps them, but it, but it helps you uh, deal with some of those situations that maybe you don't know as much about as you think you do anymore. Like you said, you never know what information others will be able to relay back to you. We can't have not worked in all areas and we don't know all things. So some of that information, talking to others and helping them, some of that's reflected back on you by their experiences. Networking, building relationship with, with others, just helping to uh, empower others. Loretta, looking back on your career, is there something you have learned about yourself? I say I'm an introvert by nature. So I stay in my head a lot. I think about things, what I want to say before I say them. I organize my thoughts. But I've been trying to take a more concerted effort to organize my thoughts slightly, but don't, don't stay in my head. Put the ideas out in the universe and see who, who catches on to them. <laughs> so Marilyn, you? I've learned to listen more. I have an extremely young branch, and I think they're brilliant. They're very articulate, and I have learned so much. I do spend a lot of time out on the floor it's to check on them, make sure everybody's okay, and I also, on a monthly basis, we all go out, and it's team building. And I've learned by doing these things that we have a cohesive branch, and I think it's so important. Innovation and inclusion. Have you noticed that being promoted in the workplace, and how did it impact you. And Marilyn, we'll go ahead and just start with you on this one. Okay, well, what I'm going to say about the inclusion in the, in the workplace is that to me, and we have to, we're empowering our engineers much younger than we did even 10 years ago. And okay, I'm retiring in five months. And look at the number of baby boomers that's retired across Navarre. And we do need to do this, and we do need to empower these young engineers, because they're, they're the ones that can be leading Navarre at a much younger and less number of years of experience than what we had you know, you know, 10 years ago. So Sarah, what about you? So I saw it recently um, with regards to diversity and inclusion when we had, and diversity of thought especially, uh, when 
We had to take a team of folks down to West Palm Beach. We ended up with a very young, very diverse team because a lot of folks who had lived here for a long time, you know, weren't willing to move their kids, weren't willing to go down there for such a short period of time. We were only supposed to be there about two years. So that was a major burden on them. But I think in the end, it really helped the team because we had folks from all different realms of flight tests, from systems engineering, from logistics that all came together down there and had very different points of view and we really did have diversity of thought and the team was under a lot of pressure to execute under a very quick schedule and for the minimum amount of dollars the minimum amount of flight test hours that we could and boy we we came up with the best ideas <laughs> that we could to make the most out of every single flight hour we had every single day great example of the power of team diversity now, Loretta, what is the biggest culture or organizational change that you have witnessed in your career? For me, women, I looked around. I was one of the few women on my team. I actually had a female supervisor when I started, but I was the only woman in the team of about 75 people in addition to her. Over the years, more and more women have come into our engineering, fill into the engineering and logistics spaces, and it's been a welcome change. And in addition, the, the WAG and APAT, the other diversity groups, those are something that Navier started in the last few years that we did not have. It addressed some of the problems that are going on in the organization, bringing them to the forefront. Some of the problems that I had had before where some of the guys didn't know how to work with me. It's not that I was difficult, but they didn't want to offend me. So instead of taking the chance of offending me, they just wouldn't communicate. So I've noticed that the relationships have uh, deepened. People work with, work with each other more easily than they used to, and it's been, it's been good. Sarah, any organizational changes that you've witnessed? I think the use of technology, honestly. When I first started, it was around the 2001-ish time frame. So, I mean, it wasn't ingrained in our daily lives as much as it is now. And, and things were, you know, we were still passing inter-office memos sometimes. But they, there were still a lot of things that weren't in the electronic age and weren't done via electronic means. Whereas now, it, it is, it's astonishing. And the speed with which we can relay information back and forth, large amounts of information back and forth, you know, some of our workforce is a little bit in shock from that <laughs> and we need to get used to it. But wow, I, I can't wait to see where we go in the future as that just accelerates our processes that much more. And Marilyn, I know you must have oh, yeah. something to share. <laughs> well, and and, and I, I, I hit on it and we discussed it, that, you know, for such a long time, you're the only female. And also, and then when you look at the males, um, it's all white. And, I, I'm, and it was, I mean, it's just, so that diversity that we have, and, you know, I admit I have a young brand, but, you know, I have a very diverse brand too, and it's just to see that. I see that across all of Navier, not just in my brand. The other thing I've noticed is, and I just think the women, especially, are just so much more articulate. And it, the confidence level, which I think, come from they're not the only one, that they can see that there's other ones and they are not afraid to speak up and they, you know, they learn from each other. So Marilyn, since you are staring down retirement in the face, <laughs> yay, congratulations, 
you love most about your job? I have such great memories uh, and positive memories. I don't have any negative memories about any of my jobs. And I'm not going to say that everything was a bed rosy because we know it wasn't. <laughs> so, you know, I think back on everything I got to do. You know, uh, when I did Edward, the Enterprise, which did the touch and go, we were able to walk into that hangar and reach up and touch it. How many people can say that? They're down in Puerto Rico, and so they were going from uh, the base over to VAK in an H1, and I got a ride. See, I got these memories like this, and that's what I love about my job. I just, it's all been so great, so. And I, I wish that for everybody. Loretta, favorite thing about your job? My favorite thing is helping uh, and developing others so that they can help meet the fleet's mission. I like working with people on a common goal so that you can have that success. And then sometimes you learn from your failures and you can share those with others on um, how to be better. Sarah? So for me, it, having been active duty at one point and you know worked alongside those folks who've, who've been deployed and, and done that stuff every day, it's really seeing the impact that my job and the people that I mentor makes on the fleet every day. Uh, it's, it's really rewarding to go home at the end of the day and realize, oh man, that was, that was one of the worst days ever. But <laughs> at the end of the day, what we did actually really did influence the software change in the fleet or, or make things better for the guys who are, who are in the really tough times. Fighting, fighting the wars for us every day. So in closing, ladies, I'm gonna ask, we've all talked about your careers and I know you have a lot of advice and you've passed on a lot of advice during our conversation today. But I'm gonna ask you, and we'll start with the youngest first. Sarah, <laughs> what advice would you offer to a young professional pursuing a career in STEM-related field? So I would say, make sure you love what you do, one. And then two, don't be afraid to take risks and push yourself to take risks even when you don't want to. I think as engineers and scientists, sometimes we overthink things a little bit. <laughs> and, and we're afraid to jump in sometimes where, uh, you know, this environment and this work environment really requires you to do that sometimes. So that would just be my advice. So Loretta, what advice can you offer a young professional? Don't be afraid to make that, make a change. But before you change, learn as much as you can about your job. Be, don't be afraid to ask lots of questions. Be safe when you're doing it and produce pro quality products for the fleet. Wonderful. So Marilyn, wrap us up. The big thing is you do make an impact to the fleet with what we do. You make an impact, especially to the boots on the ground. And that, that's what's so important. And yes, there are going to be frustrating moments, but at the end of the day, you've done, you done good. What a great message. I want to thank you all for joining us today. Lots of great insight from women in STEM career fields. If you would like to learn more about the WAG STEM Educational Outreach Team or other NAVAIR Diversity Action Team STEM groups, visit the Executive Diversity Council community portal on the Navigator. And that's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening.